they did not remind me that it was uh, wear your peak shirt day today, so uh, mine is still in the dirty laundry. Um, so uh, last Friday was the raft race, and I have way too much fun doing those kinds of things, raft races, and, and I love my church because we're always doing cool things. Like next weekend is going to be our church family camp out. If you don't already plan to come to that, then I would encourage you to check that out. Uh, we have uh, skiing and, and, and bicycling and playing music and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, that will be great. We'll have a service there on Saturday night that the, the youth will be leading because it's actually Youth Sunday. And then we'll also have service here on uh, Sunday morning. So <clears throat> uh, we did have a raft race on Friday, and that's what I'm going to discuss. I'm going to give out the raft race results. This is a Men on Fire event. I hand out some verbal awards today if you guys will accept them. Um, here's a disclaimer real quick. Uh, I apologize in advance if you are not satisfied with your award or if I didn't see it exactly how you saw it. I apologize. And uh, I'd be happy to discuss it with you after I use you as a sermon illustration today. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank Kevin and Dusty. Uh, give them an honorary award for providing a truck and trailer for hauling our rafts and for being our rescue boat. That's funny because the gas motor in their boat quit running halfway through the race and the battery for their trolling motor was dead. You can see the dead trolling motor, not even attached to the, the boat. But in true sheepdog fashion, they used their paddles and brought in the strays. There they are, uh, bringing in the stray raft that wasn't making such good time. Uh, I also want to give uh, an award to Dan Hardy. He was our pace setter in the kayak. He took some of the great pictures that you're seeing. He gets an honorary award for keeping morale high and uh, with positive and encouraging conversation and for taking great photos like the one that you're looking at. And a special thanks to Larry, who brought the truck and trailer downstream to pick us up at the end of the race. And a special thanks to the Glueys, who provided us river access and a place for the finish line. If it wasn't for them, we would have been paddling six miles, as I originally planned, instead of the 2.6 miles that we paddled, which, as you're about to see, is a good thing. So here they are, uh, seven entries in this raft race, and these rewards are in no particular order of how we finished the race. The first award I want to give to Eugene. He gets the most solid award. His raft was solid. It was made with half-inch bolts, pressure-treated lumber, had two sets of oar locks, and a carpeted deck. Let's get a closer look at this. You can see that carpet on top of there. This thing was built well. In addition to his raft being the most solid, he gets three more solid points. Uh, number one, for staying completely dry the whole race. Had his jeans and t-shirt on and looked just as good as when he started. Uh, secondly, he worked with his dad to build this raft. 
solid points for working with family members and bringing them together like that, doing a a group activity. And uh, thirdly, you get a solid point for uh, because you brought along with you on the raft ice-cold, homegrown, sun-steeped tea for all of us. Thank you, Eugene. You get the most solid award. Luke chapter 6, verse 48 says, When someone comes to me, and this is Jesus talking, when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it, it is like a person who builds a house, who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. Well built, folks. Eugene gives us an example here of how we should build our lives in Christ. That we build on that solid foundation, which is listening to the teaching of Jesus and following the teaching of Jesus. And then when our lives built solidly on that foundation get uh, threatened by the floodwaters or the storms, it will stand firm because our lives are well built on the Lord's word. Psalms 18.2 also says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my Savior, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. How much do we find ourselves feeling not safe in this world? A lot of times we can think, boy, this doesn't really seem safe. But if we are building our lives firmly in the fortress of our God, we can feel safe. Our second award goes to Randy, my dad. <clears throat> he gets the most, <clears throat> most effortless and comfortable descent award. <clears throat> now, he may have come in last, but he was the oldest and for sure the wisest person to participate He taught us how it's properly done. You put a couch cushion in the middle of an inner tube, find the nearest boat, tie off, and relax. (laughs) Props to my dad because he took the initiative to participate. By the way, he could have sat at home on his couch cushion, but instead he brought his couch cushion along. (laughs) You know, in life, we hitch a ride with Jesus. Now, maybe that doesn't sound like something you've heard before, hitching a ride with Jesus. But come to think of it, uh, there's no way that we can get to heaven on our own. It's only by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, It was by grace through faith that you have been saved, not by works not by things that we can do. We have to hitch a ride with Jesus because we can't get there no matter what we do. Put our faith in Him and accept His gift of grace through which we are saved. Oh, the third award goes to Noah. He gets the most ingenuitive award. We thought my dad was smart. Until Noah told us the genius secret behind his raft. Turns out, those of us who are married, all we had to do was ask our wives to build us a raft. (laughs) 
that's genius. Uh, and it worked for Noah. So good job, Heidi. <laughs> and way to go, Noah, for fostering a relationship with your wife that's good enough that, number one, she would make a raft for you, and that, number two, you could trust that she didn't intentionally design it to catastrophically fail in the middle of the river. <laughs> First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together, Treat her as you should, and your prayers will not be hindered. Uh, Noah could put in there, or your travel down the river will not be hindered. Good job, Noah and, and Heidi. The verses before that talk about how if you uh, treat each other the way you should in a marriage relationship, then you will be an example to others and bring them to Christ. Now listen, if, if I were not a Christian and I was watching what happened here and I seen that uh, Noah's wife had made him a raft and it worked, I would want to be a Christian. Next award goes to Mike. <clears throat> he gets the Paddle by Faith Award. Here he is in the, the raft. A, a, a few of the youth group boys have planned to raft with me in my raft and the raft race, uh, but the dates changed because the river was way too high, and so we had to postpone it a couple of weeks, and then the youth group, the boys, uh, couldn't come um, on that date. So uh, I asked Mike to team up with me a day before the race, the night before, and he agreed. He had no idea what my raft looked like and no reason to trust my raft building skills. By the way, last year for the raft race, I used a used plastic septic tank for my raft and set inside of it. But anyway, Mike said yes. <laughs> he had no idea that my raft was held together with bailing twine and looked like a 14-foot-long coney dog from Sonic. <laughs> Minus the chili, of course. I asked him if he would do it, and he said, I'm in. Let's go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. A verse that most of us know well. Walk by faith, not by sight. Has God ever asked you to do something? Something that at first it didn't make sense or, or was a little scary? You think, man, I might go down in the middle of the river if I agree to that. Walk by faith, not by sight. We can trust our Creator, our Savior. And if He is asking you to do something, but just have faith that it'll work out the way that he wants it to. Colton gets the next award. He gets the Perseverance Award. He's the only guy who sunk his raft, but still finished the race with the same raft that he started with. And he sunk it multiple times. He used a plastic wheelbarrow tub or lawnmower trailer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, here's a closer look at it, actually a further away, in comparison to size. You see Colton there is circled, and then his little raft among ours is just like this little trough thing. 
He looked like Donkey Kong in Mario Kart. <laughs> Sliding around the corners and just big old muscular guy in a little bitty tub. Uh, I have no idea how he actually finished the race. Every time he paddled, the thing would do 180 degrees. I have no idea how he finished it uh, somehow. Uh, he would, uh, uh, every time his raft would sink, by the way, he would have to fish it off the bottom of the river and uh, dump it out and climb back in it and start spinning again. It didn't float on its own once it got flooded with water. Proverbs chapter 21, uh, 24, verse 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Do you see the difference there? The godly may trip seven times. Anybody ever tripped before like this is saying? I think all of us have. I sure have. But you know what? The godly get back up again and again. Keep trying. Keep dumping that water out, climbing back in and paddling. Oh, the wicked. They don't last that long. One disaster is all it takes if you're not focused on God, if you're not putting your faith in God. Just one disaster. But the godly, we keep going. We persevere. Now, Levi and Grant get the next award. They get the Stay With What Works award. Last year, Levi took first place on top of his inflatable air mattress. Why change something that you already know works, right? This year, he recruited Grant and put another 2.6 miles on the old inflatable. It's worth noting that these two young bucks were in first place for most of the race until a little too much muscle was applied to one of their paddles and it broke. Did uh, the other guys offer to give them their spare paddle? No. (laughs) Did they give up? No. It's a bummer to be up a creek without a paddle. (laughs) But these guys still had one and a half paddles, and so they kept on doing what worked. And they finished the race. Reminds me of the Israelites when they were being led by Moses. Moses was telling them who God was and they were experiencing some miracles and some pretty powerful things that God was doing in their lives, taking care of them. But for some reason, they got away from it and they forgot what worked. They forgot how true God was and they did silly stupid if we could say stupid things like building a golden calf let's worship this piece of gold compared to what they knew worked folks we know that God loves us we know that he has created us and he has saved us Stay with what works. Our next award goes to Sam and Hatton. They get the Go the Distance Award. 
Speaking of going the distance, uh, good job, Sam, for getting the younger generation involved. And good job, Hatton, for doing an excellent job in a man's race. We had a flag posted on the bank of the river, and it was to signify the end of the race. There was evidently some controversy about where the finish line was. Was it in the water straight out from the flag? or 20 foot up the steep and very slick mud embankment. Well, Sam and Hatton are the kind of guys that go the distance. So when they arrived at the bank, they promptly got off of their raft, drug it up that slick mud embankment, placed their raft right next to the flag, and touched it. (laughs) And they claimed the victory, just like that. Folks, so many times we try hard and then we quit right before we've completed the race. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. People, I urge you to follow through till heaven. Don't quit early. And everything in this world will try to get you to quit early. Everything that the evil one throws at you will make you want to throw in the towel before the race is finished. Temptations, trials, traps. Everything that we can see on a daily basis, don't give in to them. Paul has fought the good fight. He says it is worth it. Don't quit early. Now this whole raft race thing, I loved it. I have a lot of fun doing that kind of stuff. You know, why do we do things like this raft race? Well, it's not just fun and games. Activities like these help build spiritual character for life's race. Paul often compared living the Christian life to running a race. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 26, Paul says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize. So run with purpose in every step. Or raft with purpose in every paddle. We do these things so that we can remember that this life is a race. And we aren't in it to lose. We aren't in it to give up halfway We're in it to finish. Why is it such a big deal that we run this race that Paul is talking about? This 
race of life. He said the raft race was fun, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. Many of you were were perfectly content to have stayed home in the A.C., while a few of us were out in the 100-degree air paddling our rear ends off. And that's totally okay. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. My silly little rewards that I just handed out, they don't have much value, if any at all. But this race that Paul is speaking about, it's for everyone. Men, women, young, old, everyone. And the prize that you get for winning this race is eternal. Luke chapter 14, verse 14, says that God will reward you at the resurrection. He will reward you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 12 says to be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Oh, sometimes as we get closer to the end of our lives here on earth, we begin to be more depressed, more sad, more like thinking, it's almost over. But listen, if you run in a race and you can see the finish line, the closer you get to the finish line, the more excited you get for two reasons. Number one, the pain and the, the suffering is almost done, right? You get to rest. And number two, there's a reward at the end, at the finish line, whether it's a trophy or to be able to say, I finished the race. It's there waiting for you. Why not be happy about it? Be very glad because a great reward awaits us after this life here on earth. So I pull out four points from this whole raft race situation. Four points. Number one, in the race of life, you have to participate. It's a decision. Are you going to make the decision to participate in this race? I plead with you to make that decision. Participate. Become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Be saved. Accept Jesus as your savior. Number two, you have to prepare. You have to prepare. In the raft race, we had to build rafts. It wasn't easy. We couldn't use anything that was related to a boat. So you're looking around the farmyard or your neighbor's uh, pasture. You know, what can you get that will float my rear end down the river successfully? You have to build your rafts. How do you build a raft of faith? Ask Noah, as in not the Noah who had his wife do it, but Noah who built the ark. How did he build a raft of faith? Well, by applying and obeying the word of God. He listened to God's instruction, one right after another. 
year after year, he built an ark and put it together. Folks, it's the same way that we build our rafts of faith today. The same way that you build your life according to how God wants you to live it, by applying and obeying his word. It's all in here, guys. One word right after another. One day right after another, we prepare for this race of life. Third point, you need to stay afloat. That's important. That's an important part of this race. Staying afloat. In this situation, we're talking about keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keep them focused on Him. He is our Savior. We can't do it. We've already discussed that we can't do it without Him. We can't get to heaven without the blood of Jesus, without His free gift, His grace, His mercy, that He loved us so much. We have to keep our eyes focused on Him. Oh, remember when Peter stepped off of the boat you know, it was in the middle of the, the, the lake, uh, Sea of Galilee, and, and there's a storm going on, and Peter sees Jesus walking, coming towards the boat, and Peter had faith. He's like, if that's you, Jesus, uh, tell me to come walking to you on the water. And he stepped out of the boat, and he's doing good. Like he's walking on the water. How cool is that? And till the waves catch his sight, and he looks aside at the troubles that are about to suck him under, he thinks. And he starts to sink just for that, that moment when he took his eyes off of Jesus. Then Jesus gets his attention. He refocuses. He grabs Jesus' hand and gets back in the boat. If we're going to stay afloat in this life, this race, we have to keep focused on Jesus. Fourth point here and last point, you need to paddle. You can't get down the river successfully without paddling. Our paddling in life is prayer. Let's keep praying. Keep talking to God. Have that connection going on with God all the time. Constantly, Scripture tells us to pray constantly. Prayer works like a rudder. You know sometimes you use that paddle not just for propulsion but you use that paddle to steer you in the rear end to uh, get where you need to get down the river and to avoid the obstacles. Prayer works like a rudder. It's what keeps you in the flow of God. God has already chosen a path for you to go, each and every one of us. How are we going to get down that path that God wants us to go? By praying, by talking to Him. So there's your four points. Participate, prepare, stay afloat, and paddle. Let's encourage each other to run this race well. We want to be able to say at the end of our lives... Like Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. He says, But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Do you get that? 
He's pressing on to the end. Because at the end he will receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Every one of us has a prize waiting at the end. That's a heavenly prize. Not just some trophy or a treat. It's heavenly. In heaven, everything's perfect. Everything's good. Not only will there be no troubles or uh, trials or temptations or or bad things or or scary things, there'll be none of that. Not only will there be any of that, but you will be with your Creator and Savior. You'll be with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit right there with Him. For eternity. It's a race worth running if you're willing to participate, to prepare, to keep your eyes focused on Jesus and to pray about it. Let me pray for you right now. Father God, we, we love you so much. We recognize that the, the waters all around us are difficult. They're turbulent and are threatening to take us under and drown us, Lord. But we ask you to continually come into our lives, Lord, to keep us strong so that we can navigate the waters, Lord. We praise you for the reward that we will have at the end of this life if we, if we run this race like Paul is talking about. God, we ask that you keep us strong through it. Lord, we look forward to that heavenly prize, that reward that we get when we get to be with you in heaven. Lord, I pray right now, if there's anyone here that hasn't put their faith fully in you, Lord, that they will do that, God. They will know that it's as simple as saying, Lord, we need you, because every one of us does. We need you. We can't do it on our own. Accept that that mercy and that grace that was applied to us by Jesus on the cross. We thank you that he rose up from the grave so that we could live again with you, God, in heaven. Lord, we look forward to that heavenly prize. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.